Well, hello once again. Welcome back to another edition of The 116. How you doing? I'm Greg Fish, along with you. It's a podcast about living life higher, wider, closer, and deeper. And The 116 is a presentation of First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria. I like to say we're coming from the catacombs beneath the church, the bowels of the church. The bowels are important. Um, that, that's pretty rough imagery, isn't it, Dan? It is. Okay. It is. I All expected right. nothing less from you. Thank you. Uh, I, I have one of my uh, office mates with me here today, and so expect just a little bit of probably irreverent humor from time to time. Uh, hey, don't forget to like us and share us on social media. We're available in all the podcast platforms, and please subscribe or follow us uh, on YouTube, for example, and be sure to leave a review. We appreciate those as well. Go to PeoriaOne.com. That's PeoriaOne.com for more information about us or to begin a conversation with us. We would love to hear back from you uh, about what you're thinking of the program, any questions or comments that you might have. Uh, please be sure and pass those along as well. And without further ado, I've already introduced my guest today, Dan Phillips, who is the Director of Community Ministries at First United Methodist Church. And we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to his heart, something that he uh, has overseen for, what, about 50 years now? Is that No, uh, no, 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 not quite that long, a number of years. How long have you overseen Loaves and Fish? Oh, you know, I really don't know. Maybe six, seven, eight years, something like that. Okay, well, we'll, we'll get into that in just a moment, but first of all, uh, for those of you who know Dan, and if you don't know Dan Phillips, if you're joining us for the first time, you got to get to know Dan. Dan always has a joke. I asked him beforehand if he had a joke for us, and then I realized what a dumb question that was. Of course he does. Dan, go ahead and, well, and tell us. You know, I don't. it's not that I always have jokes, but my life sometimes appears to be a running joke, and I okay. love to be a part of it. So uh-huh. last night when, uh, when I got home and Kim got home, my lovely wife, Kim or Kimmy, she said to me in the kitchen, she said, um, hey, honey, have you seen the cat bowl? And I said, no, is he good? And, uh, and, and then that led to the, to the conversation we had about, you know, as we get older, we want to, we want to make our final plans. And so I told her last night, uh, I said, Kimmy, I I just wanted you to know someday it'll happen. I said, uh, I want to be cremated and found out today she made an appointment for me next week. I wasn't quite thinking right away, but I trust your judgment. So, yeah. yeah. What's the joke about? Uh, I want to be cremated, but I'm going to eat a bag of popcorn about an hour before I die, so that give them an extra surprise when they oh, cremate. There me. you go. Yeah. There you okay. go. All right. So, okay. Now that we've we've got, well, and you Clear know, the these, air. Yes. these, so to speak. These may pop up along the way, so just bear with it. I mean, the, the topic is kind of a serious one, but I think sometimes when you have more serious things to deal with, it helps to interject the humor. So uh, first of all, let's start here. Uh, here's where we want to go with this today. Many of you are, are perhaps wondering, what has become of our ministry to our less fortunate population around us? How is that going through COVID? And now that we're kind of coming out of the pandemic, but still flirting with it just a little bit, where are we in our ministry to homeless folks and disadvantaged folks? And and if you're not from uh, our congregation or the Peoria area, I hope that maybe you'll pick up some ideas that you can uh, use in your ministry work as well. But first of all, Dan, just tell us a little bit about what Loaves and Fish Ministry is. Sure. Um, Loaves and Fish Ministry started about 26 years ago. Uh, in, in downtown Peoria, there was a... Uh, a feeding ministry on a Saturday, I believe it was at the Catholic Workers' House, and they suffered an unfortunate fire around the Thanksgiving time period, mm. and they were the only food pantry that served uh, a meal or a soup kitchen on a Saturday, 
in downtown Peoria. And that uh, that was an important distinction because there's a lot of people in the near north side, the south side, central Peoria that have needs that um, aren't easily met, and uh, as well as those that uh, live on the street, maybe between places, and uh, they need that help. They need, besides just a meal, they need a place that they can go where they feel familiar. They feel like uh, they're family. They're not looked down at and that they're uh, treated as as family members. So when they had their fire, they thought it might be a week or two before they could uh, rebuild and get reopened, and they asked if we could uh, step in. A lot of folks uh, in our our community of faith, uh, they know – what other people have available as far as facilities. And they knew that we were fortunate enough to have a large commercial kitchen. We had a large um, uh, kind of a meeting area where we could accommodate people. So they said, what about you preparing meals? We're talking maybe 40, 50, 60 people a week. Um, Could you do that for a couple of weeks? And so um, our church had always been involved in in uh, the needs of the community, and we're always in touch with social needs, and so we sh- said, "Sure, that's a that's a natural," and uh-huh. so we did that. And uh, a group of people that uh, many are still involved today, they got together, they put their heads together, they they came up with a plan, and they started serving meals right around Thanksgiving in 1994. Wow. And forgive me if the dates aren't entirely correct. I'm I'm sure folks will correct me, but. Um, <laughs> The, the word has it that um, after a couple of weeks of trying to rebuild the uh, fire damage at the other facility, they realized it was going to be too extensive for their ability to rebuild. And at that point, they said, um, any chance you could keep going? And we looked at what we were doing. We realized this is a mission that we need to continue and so uh, Loaves and Fish was born out of necessity, out of need, out of a love for our brothers and sisters. And so we just kept going. So uh, it's been every Saturday since the fall of 1994 that Loaves and Fish has served a, uh, a warm meal to our guest, has uh, provided uh, groceries to take home to supplement the food that they might have available to themselves uh, in their family. And over the years, we've added other uh, different um, benefits uh, or or features to Loaves and Fish. We added a full medical clinic uh, that was there every Saturday. We offered different other things like um, uh, flu shots and, and educational seminars and a clothing room and different things. And it, it grew and grew and grew to where we were serving an average of about 300 people every wow. single week. Wow. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big task. So, so tell us then what, what happened to loaves and fish once the pandemic hit? What were the realities of that? Well, we went from a, a situation where we were um, using about, and I say using, we were thankful to have um, about 40 to 70 volunteers every week. And, and this is an important distinction. Um, as you mentioned, our, our community of faith and our, our group of, um, uh, churches and social agencies, um, are very well connected in the Peoria area. And when I say we, I say we with a thought of we as our community of volunteers didn't just come from First United Methodist Church. Um, when we were in the full swing of things up until March 2020, mm-hmm. uh, we counted on 40 to 60, 70 volunteers every week coming wow. from 
churches throughout the community came from Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts. Um, it came from the Rotary. It came from uh, different uh, school groups, key clubs, uh, different um, French clubs, uh, uh, different different groups that would come here and they would take turns serving uh, on a rotating basis. We would have churches come from as far as Winchester, Illinois. They would come about once a year. They would load up their church bus with um, about 15, 20 people, and they would head our way. Um, we also would have a group from Rantoul, Illinois, called Lincoln's Challenge Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would bring 28 volunteers every week. Goodness. And it was an amazing thing because Lincoln's Challenge Academy is an offshoot of the Illinois uh, Air National Guard, and they have a life skills academy for at-risk youth from throughout Illinois. And these are young people that are 14 to 17 years old that have maybe had some tough breaks go their way and were maybe one step away from their third strike and maybe looking at incarceration. And they decided to go into this program. And these young people are learning the life skills, learning the social skills uh, to get jobs, to be able to keep jobs, to learn how to interact and, and be around other people and turn their lives away. So we were very comfortable working with all of these hundreds of different volunteers every week. And when the pandemic hit us in March, um, it was a, it was a bit of an adjustment. We went from uh, serving in the church uh, in our hall in Wesley Hall to having to serve everything to go, sure. um, which changed the dynamics of everything. And it was literally an overnight change. Uh, one Saturday we're serving people inside. The next Saturday. We're at the at the back door serving bags of groceries and lunches out the door. Mm-hmm. So it was a huge adjustment when we went from using and, and appreciating the, the volunteers uh, bank of 40 to 60 every week to only needing eight. And actually, wow. as it happened, um, it worked out okay because a lot of people weren't comfortable with volunteering uh, during the early part of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Vaccinations weren't out there. Um, a lot of different age groups had not been uh, vaccinated, and our numbers were unfortunately not going in the right direction. So it was a good thing that we didn't need as many people because we wouldn't have been able to get them. God has a way of working all of that out. Yeah. And we had to then, um, again, change our model from one where people came in, sat down, had a full hot meal, to one where we had to uh, provide a meal to go in addition to groceries to go. Our pantry is uh, staffed by a wonderful group of uh, volunteers that come in every week to pack up grocery bags um, that that they you know try to assemble and try to think of how a family or how an individual might be able to put together a meal during the week. And they then include in their grocery bag those items uh, so that they're, they're getting things that truly can be of benefit to them. Uh, every week, uh, we also are able to then offer uh, bread, uh, f- fresh bread and, and bakery products, um, some um, produce and, and vegetables and fruit, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, but it, it has really developed into uh, quite a unique situation, um, serving on a to-go basis every single week. And and our uh, our record, if you want to call it, still holds clear. We still 
um, have not missed a Saturday yet. But we, we know if that happens and, you know, anything can happen that uh, we will we will continue to be there as we need to be um, to help those in need. Do you by any chance have any idea how many of the people you're serving in the in this community, in the disadvantaged community, how their vaccination rate is? Yeah, I do. And we, we are in um, communication with other pantries and, and soup kitchens throughout the area. Um, one that we work with uh, quite closely is is uh, Claire down at Sophia's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. And she shared with me that the zip code that she primarily um, serves down on the south end of Peoria, um, she serves the 61605 zip code. We are the 61603 and 05 zip codes. And the 05 zip code is one of the uh, poorest zip codes in the nation. Um, wow. it, it, it in her area, and we're not far behind, she's still in the high 20s as far as percentage of those that she sees, 20%, 25% vaccinated, which means, mm-hmm. you know, seven or eight out of 10 that she sees are not vaccinated. Wow. And that's, wow. um, and, and she, like us, uh, we had served um, inside and she did too. She serves Monday through Friday a lunch and um, she had to go to completely serving on a to-go basis with both her lunch and her um, and her pantry items. So we think we're probably in the 70% range um, that are unvaccinated. Uh, we at the, the church here at First Church uh, had several vaccination clinics in the late spring, early summer, um, as did as did um, Sophia's Kitchen, as did um, a lot of the other churches throughout the area. And we may do that again if the health department thinks that'll be of benefit. But the numbers are just still um, not where we want them to be or the health department wants them to be yeah. to bring people inside. And by the way, just, just kind of an, an interesting side note to all of this, in, in the time that I've been a part of this ministry work, um, and, and I'm wondering how many people would wonder this question as well, it seems like you are able to run this operation fairly reasonably incident-free. And while you still occasionally have some things that uh, you have to attend to, how is it you manage to put together such an operation like this with a, as low an, uh, an incident rate, you know, with, with things that, uh, disruptions, those sorts of things? Uh, how do you operate uh, uh, under such a, uh, I guess, a, a low level of incident rates? Well, we have a very resilient and flexible team, and uh, these are people that understand the mission uh, that is before us, that um, we are helping those that that aren't as um, able to help themselves Mm -hmm. um, as ourselves. And it makes it pretty simple when you look at things from others' perspective. Um, You realize that that person that maybe – um, is here and might not be in the best mood or the best mental condition, uh-huh. or maybe they, uh, maybe they are a little, um, I don't know. Um, let's intoxicated? say, uh, thank you. Uh, intoxicated, uh, over medicated. Um, we, we realize that God gives us grace in so many ways, uh, every day of our lives. And it is our job to be the hands and feet and especially the heart of God to, um, understand that, um, Wherever these people are at, they still need us, and we still need them. Uh, right. In my opinion and in the opinion of, of those on the Loaves and Fish team, we are all equals. We are all brothers and sisters in this world, 
And when our family um, hurts, uh, we all hurt. When our family has a need, um, we all step in to help that need. Um, the food pantries in the area join together. Uh, we have a food pantry network. It's organized through the University of Illinois College of Extension. Uh, and we all share information we all share ideas. Um, we um, exchange when some of us have more food than others. Uh, we exchange that information when there's somebody out there with an emergency food need. Um, we all put that out there uh, in a, an email chain to see who can help out for somebody. So I guess the, the answer to your question is um, it, it makes it easy when we understand why we're doing what we're doing and for who we're doing it for and with. How has the pandemic affected your ability to obtain food and donations to serve this community? Well, you know, that's a that was a really interesting point that I I didn't realize and, and most I think in the in the um agency and, and social services um area didn't think it was gonna happen like it happened. Um, we all assumed uh, seeing on the news as this started with so many people out of work um, with uh, with so many people being affected, we all assumed that there was going to be no food, that there was going to be huge supply chain interruptions, and we found it to be just the opposite. We found that uh, there there were companies that had things planned and that had food uh, that brought in to supply um, needs that they thought were going to transpire, banquets and and different things, and they couldn't do that. So what did they do? They called around and they called to find out who can use this food. Um, people from the Paradise to District 150 to restaurants throughout the area all made their food available that they had prepped that they could no longer um, serve. They all mm-hmm. made it available to the wow. to those wow. in need, and so we were serving some fantastic um, selections there for a while until mm-hmm. we got the you know their coolers cleaned out. Sure. But we also have a wonderful network of food pantries um, and food banks like uh, Midwest Food Bank and the Peoria Area Food Bank. Um, we also have a, a individuals. I have a, a good friend that, in fact, I was just um, out to uh, to see him a little bit ago. Um, his name is Archie, and Archie is a, a retired, um, um, let's call him a, uh, he was a, a, a waste engineer, a okay. logistics waste engineer. Okay. He drove a garbage truck. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and Archie, before he retired, um, and he would go to a bakery, a large commercial bakery, and he would haul away a lot of bread product. And he realized that this product was still in date, mm-hmm. uh, but they have to make room for the new. Mm-hmm. And so he started talking to them. And Archie goes to a, a little church out by uh, Hannah City that probably doesn't have 30 members, although the church go, goes back to 1852. Wow. It's just a cute little church in the country. But he realized that he knew a lot of people and was connected to a lot of people that had needs. Mm-hmm. And he then saw on the other side in his in his job, he was uh, being paid to haul away a lot of good food to go to the dump. And so Archie um, started uh, asking them, can I haul this away and make it available to food banks and food pantries? And they said, sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, so wow. so Archie started, he and his wife, and uh, started this little group where they they uh, supply about five different pantries from Galesburg to Bartonville to Peoria with fresh bread products every week with uh, just all kinds of uh, different foods available that they know are still good, that are still within date. 
and they sort those out and they coordinate the pickups of everything. So the long story short is we have a lot of assets out there that have all stepped up to the challenge. The United States government uh, was one of those. Uh, through the USDA, they developed a program with uh, what they called the farm-to-family boxes. And these boxes were filled with produce, dairy, meat products that were available every single week through the different uh, food banks to pick up to redistribute. And this was fresh produce. This was apples, potatoes, onions, cucumbers, hot dogs, cheese, yogurt, milk. It was just wonderful. And we could offer those every single week. And that continued up till just a couple months ago. Uh, but, but we found that we actually had probably too much, not too much. Well, we had a lot of food in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, our area has been so blessed with a with an outpouring of of food and of uh, donations that uh, we actually saw, and most pantries saw numbers go down. Um, what you saw in the news where there was huge lines and and they were running out of food was not occurring here for the most part. Now wow. I know there'll be isolated incidents, and there will be people that may hear this that may say. Um, it didn't happen to me, but just about all the pantries that I've talked to in the soup kitchens, they've all said that it, the numbers were down of a third to a half of what they uh, had seen in the past. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, that's kind of good news. Um, we've always said at Loaves and Fish, we hope there's a day when we are out of business and mm-hmm. we're out of business because the needs are filled and everyone has what they need. Um, to survive in this world. Sure. Uh, but until that happens, we will be there. So we've been blessed as a community with a, a lot of a lot of product to make available um, to those that, that do need that. Now, I don't want to say we don't need donations because we always do. Um, what, what, you know, what comes to us and flows to us now, that can turn off rather quickly. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, we continue to get Good food every week, fresh food every week, um, and and it's just it it's amazing uh, the outpouring of support that people have. Um, and you know, I think for for the listener who is interested in beginning a program like this, it's that's very instructive what you just said, and that is be very industrious about. Con- contacting the folks around you who have restaurants and are food sources because you never know what they're throwing away that you you might be able to make use of. So that's a great, great thing to think about there. Let me ask you this. Where is Loaves and Fish today? What is the going forward plan for uh, uh, where this operation is right now? What, what's your going forward plan? Well, we hoped that we would be back serving inside this year, but with uh, the different variants that have come back, uh, the different situations with the low vaccination rates on the population that we serve, we have not seen the time being right yet. Okay. So we don't anticipate uh, going back uh, to the model that was loaves and fish pre-March 2020 um, this year. Okay. Uh, we would hope that next year possibly, but we did not want um, the changes that have happened to the, to the environment um, to mean that we couldn't provide those things that we did before. 
Um, okay. As it was before, I mentioned we had a medical clinic. Um, the medical clinic staffed by volunteer nurses and uh, doctors and providers. Uh, we also have relationships with the Methodist College of Nursing, um, with the um, University of Illinois College of Medicine, um, with the uh, Bradley School of uh, the Dietitians. They all work together, um, and they, they have provided kind of a um, – I don't want to call it an open-air medical clinic, but it's a uh, limited services medical clinic that we can offer just inside our doors. Um, we do mm. that twice a month, okay. uh, providing blood pressure and uh, blood sugar checks and general wellness checks. Um, so we've tried to uh, bring back some of those services that we did have before. Um, so, you know, we figured if we can't make it like it was uh, inside, we're going to do what we can to make it like it was outside. Okay. Uh, we yeah. provide hygiene bags uh, when we can. We have had different churches that have uh, packed hygiene bags for us. And a lot of times people that are either living on the street or maybe living in their car or doing what they can to stay with a friend, they can't pack everything with them. They don't have, um, you know, nice little uh, shaving kits and, and, you know, little things that we might take with us on vacation that mm -hmm. have all those things in them. But that doesn't mean they don't want to be clean. That doesn't mean they don't want to have pride in how they feel and how they look and how they, they get through their days. So um, we've put together uh, uh, these little hygiene bags that will have any everything in it from little travel size soaps, shampoos, body lotion, toothbrushes, toothpaste, um, deodorant, washcloth, socks, uh, whatever we can, we can get together and get donated or we can buy reasonable. We put those in the bags and, and other churches, like I mentioned, um, some churches aren't in a place where they can uh, reach out to the community. They can't do uh, social outreach or community outreach just due to their physical location mm -hmm. or perhaps their congregation, um, isn't of the right demographic to be able to do that but it doesn't mean they don't want to be part of it. So um, they have often reached out to us and say, what can we do? What can we do to make a part or be a part of a solution? And so the, the hygiene bags has been one way. Uh, but we've also found, I mentioned the toothbrushes and toothpaste, local dentists have donated uh, mm. just scores of little sample size. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. yeah, and they, they get those, and they just, they just pass them on. So there's lots of ways that... Uh, you can still provide sure. um, for for different groups, and and that's that's what we've tried to do. Uh, realize our limitations, but realize what the needs are, and the needs are still there. Mm -hmm. um, so we just try to adapt our abilities to the to their needs. So tell us what loaves and fish needs these days. How can we help you? What what are the great needs that uh, that we can help you with? Well, the things that we like to pack in our grocery bags um, that often are, are hard to come by, uh, like I said, the, the food banks like Midwest Food Bank and Peoria Area Food Bank, they provide a lot, and uh, we're so thankful for that. But sometimes it's simple things like protein items, like um, tuna, canned tuna, canned chicken, uh, peanut butter, um, pre-made uh, or canned soups, uh pastas, pasta meals, things like that, um, that are easy to prepare, easy to fish, okay. even ramen noodles. Um, you know, those are relatively inexpensive, but a lot of people that live in, in the inner cities and the near and north side and south side, they don't have access to 
regular grocery stores uh, where the prices might be better. Um, mm-hmm. They're limited to convenience stores. They're limited to, wow. uh, you know, the little corner market where, you know, a, a 75 cent to a dollar can of soup is two dollars. And and nothing against them. They have to buy in limited quantities, so they can't get the price differential that a that a uh, large Kroger Absolutely. or a, uh, another store can. So, um, you know, the people that have to go there because they don't have transportation, um, they are put it a bad way. Um, right now, we are very blessed with getting a lot of fresh produce. Last week, we had a young lady who works up at the United Way, and she brought in, gosh, I don't know, it was probably... 30 pounds of fresh tomatoes, cucumbers, and green beans. And she planted a garden just to help Mm. people in need. Oh, my. It was amazing. And she brought those by. We gave those all out. um, And and we also then, we had the uh, Washington, over in Washington, they have a uh, Washington Food Pantry Garden. And they have a huge community garden uh, with an army of volunteers. Uh And every bit of what they plant and grow and harvest goes to food banks and food pantries throughout the area. They do it on a rotating basis. Uh, We got their uh, bountiful harvest the last two weeks and I counted up and they log everything in. We got just a little over 530 pounds of fresh produce. We had 98 pounds of fresh tomatoes. We had cucumbers, kale, Swiss chard, cantaloupe, green peppers, um, peppers, um, just so much that we were able. And, and again, you hear the word food desert. Again, we, we know that the people that we see uh, very rarely have the opportunity, if they don't have their own garden or community garden, to get fresh produce, right. um, um, uh, you know, either available to them or available at a, at a good price mm-hmm. and in uh, good freshness. And so they were just absolutely thrilled with it. So I can't even begin to imagine how valuable that must be uh, to them to have something as good as freshly grown produce, because even if they can get produce, it's not always as fresh in, in the that's, stores. That's as, exactly right. It's not the same as garden. Yeah. Here. And another, another item is paper items. Okay. You know, a lot of times uh, your, your link cards and your assistants um, can't buy paper products. Um, we've been very fortunate to, uh, through Midwest Food Bank, get quite a bit of paper, uh, but they get it and not knowing exactly what they're going to get when they get it. Um, they were blessed with a, a semi full of toilet paper uh, this past uh, <laughs> wow. spring and summer. Which, and that was quite a commodity. Oh, my gosh, was it? And so when we could tell people, you know, there's a roll of toilet paper in your groceries today, uh-huh. it just brought smiles to people's face. So we've been lucky and, and very fortunate that uh, those blessings have come our way. But paper products is another thing. Um, you know, we have a group out of Champaign that has brought us socks, new socks. And again, if you think of it, uh, there's a, there's a, the people that have to live outside uh, for a variety of reasons. You know, you can imagine the weather like it's been recently. You get wet feet. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can remember a couple of years ago, there was a young lady who I knew lived on the street. And, and she, she, uh, she, um, she had some mental challenges before okay. her, okay. but she was such a nice person mm-hmm. and she would come every week and she would have her meal and she would get her groceries and she was so thankful for everything. And she would go to the medical clinic. And so I saw her outside one day and, and she came up to me during the week and she said, Dan, I hate to even ask you this, but 
she said it rained last night and she said my feet are soaked and she said would you happen to have uh, any socks I could could have? And I knew we did. And I said, sure, you just wait right here. And I came in and got her a couple pairs of socks. And if I remembered, it was just before St. Patty's Day. And I gave her the socks, and she just said, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. She said, you know what I'm going to do? And I said, what? She said, at the St. Patty's Day Parade, I'm going to panhandle so I can get enough money <laughs> and go over to Walmart and buy socks and bring them to you so you can give them out. And I thought, wow, you know, here, here I thought she was going to go down the other road. Here she's thinking about other oh people's my. needs. And so we realize, and, and, you know, people that, that come to us, they have to, they have to swallow um, sometimes a, the, a bit of pride mm-hmm. um, when they show up uh, because, you know, it, it is a tough thing sometimes to say, I need help. Mm-hmm. I, I need things. Um, and you know what? Loaves and fish um, was was more than just food for so many years. We were family right. to so many people. Um, we would we and even would, a worship service. Oh, a worship service. We yeah. had a service called the Alive Service back when we started that. There wasn't bus service um, in Peoria on Sundays. And so the people that, that we saw on Saturdays that came to food mm-hmm. oftentimes didn't have the ability to go to church on Sunday. Gotcha. So we provided a service, and our pastors uh, and outside pastors would come in, and we'd provide a church service to those who wanted it. Nice. It wasn't a precondition to getting food, but we would have mm-hmm. 75 to 150 people every Saturday that would Go to a one-hour worship service, mm-hmm. and um, it was amazing. We would pass the offering plate, and more than once, I would see denominations above twenty dollars show up in that plate from people that came to be with us. Uh, and who amazing. knows where where amazing. they got the money if they had been saving it up? But um, uh, people uh, sense a, a feeling of community when they come here, and I know they do that at Sophia's Kitchen and other places. Uh, people that would come to Loaves and Fish and dine with us. They would share, and they still do share, the the things in their lives that are going on. Now, we haven't been able to do the worship service inside, but we have started a prayer ministry. And these are people that um, go up and down the line to those that are waiting in line to get their food and ask simply, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. Uh, What's going on in your life? Would you like any prayer today for anybody or anything? And it's amazing. Um, I'd say... 50 to 75% of those that are asked say, yes, yes. And and I remember when we first started it, there was a mom and, and her uh, probably middle-aged daughter. And they, they came up to her and they asked how they were doing. And the mom, you know, kind of hung her head and said, would you like us to pray for you for anything? And uh, she said, no, no. And the middle-aged daughter said, mom, you know, we could use some prayer, you know. And her mom looked at her and she said, okay, we would like some prayer. And so they stepped out of line and quietly and discreetly prayed with them. And, uh, and we see that happen every week. Um, and you're in need of volunteers, by the way. We are in need for volunteers. And you don't have to be a, a Bible scholar. You, you have to be a person that has a heart to care for other people and that, that want to listen. And, uh, and we know we can't solve everything, uh, but we, we know that we can um, we can listen and we can pray for people and, and truly care. And we know that uh, prayer works. Uh, we, just, sure. we just know that being there to, to listen um, uh, means a lot. 
Well, Dan, this uh, this time has gone by very quickly. This has been so what? interesting. I know. What? I'm, I'm kicking oh, you out. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Uh, anything in conclusion that you want the folks to know about loaves and fish that would be valuable uh, for them to know or anything else you need? Well, I would just say that that remember Loaves and Fish and the other agencies around Peoria and and in other towns that are there uh, every day uh, to help others. You know, uh, we're all affected across the world by this pandemic. And um, you know how lonely you can feel um, at home not being able to do certain things. Well, think about those that don't have a home um, that probably felt you know, 10 times as lonely as you did uh, before the pandemic. Sure and, sure. and just just keep them in your prayers. And and when you see someone that's on the street, uh, maybe or is asking for assistance, um, uh, you know, look at them and um, and and treat them as as your equals. Sure. Dan, thank you so very much. It is, has always, as always, been a pleasure to have you here in the studio with us today. And I uh, certainly appreciate you taking the time. Uh, to talk to us about loaves and fish. And folks, if you want to get a hold of Dan, uh, you can certainly call us at the church number. Don't forget Peoria, uh, Peoria1.com. I almost forgot about that. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> Peoria, yeah, look down here on the screen. Uh, right there, there it is. Uh, Peoria1.com. Uh, you can connect with us, but you can also get in touch with Dan and uh, fill out one of the forms there. We'll make sure he gets it. Uh, if, if you send the form, it'll come to me, and I will pass it along to Dan or call the church office. Uh, you'll find our phone number there on our website as well, and we can put you in touch with Dan, and you can ask him all the questions you want. And if, if you have a, a want to volunteer, um, yeah. we've had people um, have a birthday party and— uh, um, one little girl who was 14 years old, she came to volunteer with eight friends. And I said, nice. which group are you from? Oh, wow. And she said, well, no group. It was my birthday. And for my birthday <sighs> party, um, I told my mom I wanted to volunteer. Oh, my gosh. And so then how, how often do you cry being the administrator of Loaves and Fish? You've got to cry a lot, don't you? You know, um, I, you know, it, it I cry easy and, uh, I don't know. It, it, that's, I don't, it, yeah, I don't know, Greg, it, it. You know, I I I feel um, happy more than sad, um, mm-hmm. sure. Because I have so many more friends than yes. I used to, and um, it just it's it's wonderful to realize that um, I've got brothers and sisters out there that care for me as much as I care for them. Perfect. Folks, if you'd like to get a hold of Dan or if you have a contribution you would like to make to the Loaves and Fish program or if you'd like to volunteer or if you need help and assistance, uh, go to PeoriaOne.com. There are information forms that you can fill out. Uh, you can stop by the church if you don't have access to a phone, but I think most of you do, so give us a call if you would like to. Uh, and there are places on our website that you can you can punch in and uh, find information about getting the help that you need. So it's all there for you, peoriaone.com. Well, we're so thankful to have had Dan in the studio with us today. This is The 116. It's a podcast about living life higher, wider, closer, and deeper. Presentation of First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria. Once again, please like us and share us on social media. We ask that. Uh, for the reason that it's really important to do that because it helps us get the word out to other people. Uh, It helps them to know about the things we're talking about. So like us, share us, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform or on YouTube as well. PeoriaOne.com. I'm Greg Fish. This is the 116. Thank you so very much for coming along with us here today. Mm